Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Yesterday, the football world was shocked by the news of the plane crash in Colombia that claimed the lives of 76 people, including the players and staff of, of the Brazilian club Chapaconci. On behalf of the Brisbane Football Review, we pass on our deepest condolences to all the families, friends and all those who have been affected by this disaster. Know that the entire football community worldwide are united in your grief. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. It's now three straight draws for the Brisbane Roar to back up their three straight wins, with Jamie McLaren putting off-field distractions to one side to score his third goal of the season on Friday night against the Wanderers. Welcome to the Steph Nyland Episode 9 of the Brisbane Football Review here in the Switch 1197 studios for the Outside 90 Fan Network. I'm James Coglin here to host and I'm joined in studio this week by two keen-eyed football observers in Scott Owen and Adam Pace. Guys, how are we? Good, James. How are you? Pretty good. Adam? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, obviously, the uh, news from yesterday sort of put a bit of damp on it, but now, like I said, it is what it is. Yeah, we should uh, echo Adam's sentence yes. at the top of the show as well. Thank you for reading that, Adam. And... Yeah, it's unfortunate news, but we're going to try and power through. And uh, we all made it to the studio in one piece, so it was just a huge storm that we had to get through to get here. Just a little bit, yeah. Recording a little bit later than usual. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically the bad of every car on the road, which <laughs> yeah. I think is pretty much everyone in Brisbane right now. Well, <laughs> you said it, not me. Yeah. All right, so let's get into segment one, the A-League review. As mentioned at the top, it's now three straight draws for John Aloisi's side, with the Raw and Western Sydney Wanderers playing out a 1-1 draw on Friday night. McLaren made it 1-0 in the 18th minute from the penalty spot before Junpai Kusakami earned Western Sydney a point they undoubtedly deserved with his first goal in the A-League. I've asked you this question a few times now, but Adam, was this a point gained or a point lost? Oh, look, yeah, I think it was actually now a point gained. You know, we, you know, Wanderers sort of have been on a roll for a while as far as they, they're not getting the results, but they're sort of putting it in as far as you know, the play goes. And I guess this is a danger game for the Roar as, as such, you know. So to get a point, you know, on the road is always handy. It's, it's look, you know, given our poor away record recently, uh, one point's better than sort of you know, all three lost. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a point game. Just based on the flow of the game, I thought the Wanderers controlled fast parts of it, and really the Roar had limited chances. I think because we were lucky to get the point hand. Actually, if you really want to be honest about it, I did come away thinking God, that that could have very easily gotten out of control, much like the last time. <laughs> They visited Western Sydney. Well, Santa Labu missed on the goal line and had other chances as well. Mm. I mean, they really should have won the game. That's the perspective that they would have as well. Yeah, I definitely think from a Wanderers' point of view, us, you know, most of their fans, they'd definitely say it's sort of two points lost on their part. Would you say they were the, the Wanderers were the better side? Uh, I think they had the better chances. I mean, I think they all had their moments in the game in the way they set up, but I do think the Wanderers played... Better, better football. And I personally preferred the Wanderers football to the football we played, but, but might get into the style later. But that's just one thing. That's one thing that I do kind of hate about you know the way football is covered at the moment, where you know oh someone deserved to win or someone played better, and sure they created a lot more chances, but part of football is actually finishing them. And this is the story of the Wanderers season. They haven't taken any of their chances really. This is why they've drawn four straight home games and why they're seventh on the table. I think it is. Yeah, look, I think certainly you know it's. 
you're talking about so, you know, what could have been for the Wanderers. You know, they, they've been you know, in the box seat in probably you know, four games that they haven't won this season. And you know what? That's a, it's a very, very different scenario if, um, if you know, they've taken their chances. And I think it's, uh, there's no denying that, I guess. Oh, actually, before we get into the specifics, I actually had a fun viewing experience on Friday night watching that game. It was my first time watching SBS all season for a Raw game. And I was watching it up the coast with my niece and nephews. Hello, Zach and Jess. I'm sure your attention spans haven't run out already. <laughs> but, um, yeah, in between trying to explain to them that, you know, the Raw are trying to kick to the right side of the screen or something, it was actually a pretty good game. So you explained it well then? Not really, no. <laughs> I had my sister and my fiancé both sitting there going, they don't understand that they're 8-5. and five. Well, You can't be a coach, James. Come on. Yeah, I know. It's, not, it's a good thing I don't do that for a day job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Squads came out, big ch- uh, three changes to the raw side, and the big thing was Manuel Arana finally getting his start. Were you surprised with that? I was a bit actually. I, I thought, you know, even though he's he sort of you know got the pedigree and you know the the, sort of class, if you believe, to the reputation he come with, um, to be you know to be a sort of a starter in the A League, he has, hasn't really sort of shown much to suggest that. So I, I reckon it might be a bit of a gamble that may have may have, I wouldn't say it's backfired, but I don't think it came off as well as you'd hope. If he'd scored the goal in the first half, it would have been a masterstroke, really. I thought he did okay. I mean, he was at fault for the goal at part, not tracking Clisby, but I thought he did okay for a first start. I was surprised he got the start, but he did okay with it. Yeah, I, I'm i probably going to be a little bit more critical here. And I thought he was anonymous at times in that game, did perhaps get marked out. So was the entire Raw attacking third for most of the game. But Yeah, that's true. Well, one player that did make an impact was Jamie McLaren. He won the penalty. First of all, was it a correct call? Well, that was an assist from Arana to the penalty, but anyway. Yeah. I thought it was a questionable one, but I would have given it. I thought he made contact. It was clumsy from... was it, It's a goalkeeper. Um, not Redmayne. Um, Tyson? Tyson. T- Tyson, yeah. I thought he was clumsy. Uh, the penalty. Look, I think the standard is simply, you know, whether, whether you know, well, like it or not, you know, soft or not. At the end of the day, if, it, if that's a foul anywhere else on the, on the pitch... You know, it happens in the box. It's a penalty. You know, it's, it's, no doubt, like I said, even, even though you know, McLaren looked sort of nowhere near scoring, he was sort of way... Look, at the end of the day, you know, Jared Tyson's you know, clumsiness in that. You know, he, he had to be punished for it. Yeah. So, correct call, in my opinion. And it was a really good penalty from McLaren as well. Emphatic finish. I do, I, I do sometimes admit to going into the quagmire of internet debate and whatnot, but... I be love, careful with that. Yeah, no, I love, I love hearing people trying to modify the rules to try and justify that why it wasn't a penalty or something. But at the end of the day, Tyson took McLaren out. Yeah. What more can you say about that? The referee saw it's a penalty. Yeah. And he did see it. And yeah. I suppose given the way some of the things have gone this season, it is nice that the referee made a tough call and actually got it right. Oh, you said that. <laughs> yep. Now, the hero of the day for me was uh, up the other end of the pitch, Michael Theo, who pulled off a whole bunch of just stunning saves to keep the roar in it. Surely this puts an end to the goalkeeper debate. I think so. I mean, I thought it put an end to it last week from the Sydney performance. But that 10 saves, was it? 10 saves? Something like that, yeah. I mean, that was a sensational performance from Michael Theo. He's getting back to his best. I'm not sure he's quite there yet, but if he keeps going on this rate, he'll absolutely be back to his best. And I think Jamie Young might have to get used to that reserve goalkeeper spot. And it's not a bad backup to have, though. No, it's a a good option to have. I think think barring injury, Theo is the number one. That's the end of story. That's... Like I said, he's, uh, he's proven it you know, time and time again. And, yeah, I think for Jamie Young, he just has to wait, I think, for his opportunity. Well, of course, Theo's the number one. That's the number he's got on his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about making that joke, but... <laughs> it's okay. I'm the host. I'm allowed to do yeah. this. So, 
Overall, what do you think about the way the Raw performed? We've seen, I'd say, a fairly defensive setup. I don't want to call it negative because they still are, you know, getting forward and attacking quite. Like me to call it negative for you, James. Go for it. Okay. No, I thought it was we've seen a definite shift between the Raw of previous years and this year. I mean, we've gone from that dominant possession-based side to the last month we've played counter-attacking football and. I think it, it's working to a degree because you look at McLaren, Tommy Orr, Arana, they've all got pace in behind, but I just think we're not creating enough chances from it to win games. We're getting one chance basically each game. And if you're going to get a 1 0, you've got to be able to hold on to it, and we're not capable of holding teams out to a clean sheet at the moment. So I think we might need to revert back to that dominant style of play to create more opportunities. But just thinking back to the second half of that. Sydney FC game, they created plenty of chances. It was the problem with finishing. That's probably the one time in the last month we have gone to that way. I I think we've actually gone from more of a performance, entertaining style of football to a more results-based. I think at the end of the day, I think uh, John Aloisi sort of understands that the business is results. And while we can sort of all carry on saying it's a boring or negative style, if the results are there, then I guess at the end of the day, there's no complaint. But at the moment, three draws in a row, Look, some, something's got to change. Maybe you know, coming home, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, because they're obviously on the road this week. I think they need to sort of turn it on again. But uh, at the moment, it sounds like results-based football is the way to go. I will say, James, away from home, given the troubles we had last year playing in this that more expensive style. I mean, maybe that's the best way to play it away from home. I think I think that might be right. It's just as a fan, I suppose we are. We, you did just say it was a results-based thing, but three straight draws. I don't know if that's necessarily the right results. I would have liked to have seen them maybe try and get one win, especially in the home games, but, or in the home game against Sydney FC. Well, I'm sure they were trying, but there was a time in in a bygone era, James, where a former manager was the final straw sacked for a performance similar to what we saw on Friday night. Yeah. In a bygone era. Long, long time ago. Yeah, no, I I think so. And that's that's the danger of playing this style, is that eventually... You know, you still want people to show up. You still want people to talk about the game. And, you know, it's just one thing, again, that, you know, to, to play this results-based style. But if, like I said, you're not getting the results to go with it, yeah, there's some, going to be some serious questions. But with that said, I think John Alwissi, I think, be pretty feel pretty safe in his sort of job security, unlike that uh, not-mentioned not uh, manager of the past. I think he's safe, but I'm just pointing out. Yeah, I, don't I don't think anyone says yeah. Alwissi should be sacked right now. He's got the Roar in fourth place at the moment. Fourth place, and the mess he's had to ca- we'll go through in the last 18 months. And... and- You've got to give him some leeway. And, you know, truthfully, they're just... I would say, if you're going back to the start of the season and looking at the fixture list, this November set up as a proverbial gauntlet because you've got... Was it started off with the uh, Moneybags Melbourne City? You then had... uh, Was it Sydney FC the week after? Adelaide away from home. Adelaide away from home. So the defending champions who, okay, haven't played up to the standard of defending champions, but... Not in results in way of play. They've been pretty good. Yeah, that's it. And then you've got... Sydney FC, who had recruited very well and always have been a challenge for the role being coached by Graham Arnold. And then this week it's the Wanderers. So you had the two grand finalists and the two table-topping teams. So, you know, maybe I am being a little bit reactionary thinking... No, maybe you're right. Maybe we are being a little bit harsh in criticising the way of play in this particular stretch. And in this case, November was more about survival rather than, you know, finishing November on top of the table or just being in a position to make a run because it is a long season. We are a third of the way through the season, though. Yes, After we this are. weekend, it's one third of the way through. That's right. Uh, round nine coming up. It's a yep. good part about us having started right before the season. So <laughs> whatever episode we're in, it's actually into... <laughs> Very <laughs> yes. easy to remember. Now, quick uh, discussion on the opposition. What did you make of the Wanderers' performance? 
Oh, as I sort of said at the top, though, I thought that, you know, they're, they're playing well enough. They're just they're creating chances. They're just not putting the ball in the back of the net. And at the end of the day, that's what makes a difference. But, you know, it's, it's going to come. And, you, and, we, and we see it like everyone sort of brings up the whole, you know, in season one, their inaugural season, that, you know, they start very slowly, couldn't, you know, win or draw a game. Well, like, playing games, I should say. But then, then all of a sudden they turned it around. And I think, I think Tony Popovich is so quietly confident that, that they're getting to that point where you now they just need one result, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it's sort of, it's going to fall in place for them. So, I think they're, they're worth a watch. They turned around in Brisbane, of course, James. Yes, I know. Mm. Bad memories, but up to my, Adam's point, I mean, Karim Bullet is just—he's the one player in that front third not firing at the moment. Speaking of people not knowing the rules, I'm wondering if he was in some of that internet comment section because he doesn't <laughs> understand the offside rule. <laughs> yes. And with that uh, shot no. fired at the bullet. I do think if he could <laughs> score some goals, that'd be much higher up the table. But Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, well, just a former Brisbane striker, Barish, you know, he was caught offside a whole lot. And so Archie we... Thompson was born there. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and, you know, both Barisha and Thompson do score a lot of goals. So goals cure all ills, I'd say. I definitely think so. And that's going to do it for segment one. We'll be back in a little bit with segment two of the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Segment 2 of the Brisbane Football Review, part of the Outside 90 Fan Network. We're here in the Switch 1197 Studios. We'll start off with uh, the A-League recap from the other non-Brisbane games. And we'll talk about Central Coast beating Perth Glory 2-0. Scott, what happened to Perth? I don't know what happened to Perth, but Central Coast were absolutely spectacular. I mean, that was their best performance of the season by far. I mean, at home, they're actually not too bad in truth. But, I mean, they controlled that game. I mean, Perth really didn't have any... Any chance of winning the game, and I don't think they have any complaints either. They were thoroughly outplayed by the better team on the day. Do you think Paul Ocon's persistence is starting to pay off? Well, I was going to say, I think Paul Ocon sort of made a few sort of you know, made a few people, myself included, look a bit silly. You now, <laughs> he's sort of ranting sort of early in the season, but they really put together the Mariners. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that they're anywhere near where they need to be at the moment, but that is a very, very good step forward in the right direction, especially. They can put those performances at home. Um, they they're going to be a thorn in the side to a few sides that have you know, higher aspirations. I was going to ask you about your comments about Paul Oakley. Oh no, I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah. you know, sometimes they just play quite well, and th- that happens in football. On to Melbourne victory being Newcastle two 0 again. Victory recovering nicely from a slow start here. Yeah, victory were victory started off very poorly with their loss to Melbourne City in round two, but since then they've actually done pretty well. I mean, this performance at Newcastle. I know Newcastle are decimated with injuries, but I mean... Yeah, I may have said Newcastle were going to win before looking at their injury list. (laughs) Whoops! Yes. Ian Fife is somehow back in the A-League. Who knew? But I do do think that Melbourne victory were very good on Saturday afternoon, but... I think for a team that now a 14-day break they're coming off, they're actually, they weren't too bad again. Like I said, I think Victory are starting to turn a corner and they, they're going to be right in this if, you know, if all goes well and sort of stays as is. And they still got Beister is at the German 
to come into the site fully as well. So they've got some weapons up their sleeve. Well, he's going to have to beat out Marco Rojas, who <laughs> basically turned the game on its head. It was two quick goals from him, and all of a sudden, Melbourne Victory were home and hosed. Now, we've got uh, Sydney FC, Adelaide United, and that's pretty much everything that happened in that no, game. No, I found this pretty good, interesting game, actually, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, well, I mean, this is the first time someone's really troubled Sydney. And, oh, Sydney's played poorly. So I don't know if it's the Arnold's comments about we're going to be the Invincibles or the preparation for FFA Cup or a bad day or what, but I thought Adelaide were really unlucky not to win this game at the end of the day, in truth. I think, I think you'll see um, the performance that was due for Adelaide. We serve... They're too good a team you know, on paper to be served you know, two points after you know eight eight weeks or seven weeks you know three after eight and you know it, we knew it was coming but uh, yeah Sydney were look if that's exhibit A of you know keeping having your eyes on a bigger prize that was it from Sydney because they were poor and with Adelaide this was the round coming up is the round where they started their big run last year so if they're turning a corner now teams might want to. Maybe this is the turning point for Adelaide. And also, it was good to see Enrique back as well. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think every Brisbane fan will be happy to see Enrique back. Uh, Melbourne City 2-1 over Wellington Phoenix. Adam? Yeah, well, another, another game where I think you can tell Melbourne City were, you know, again, they were thinking about Wednesday night. Um, look, it was another game that was, you know, had referee controversy all over it. Uh, the the Fornaroli penalty, so big debate on that. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, Melbourne City got the points. You know, Wellington feel pretty aggrieved on, on part. So they, they lost the plot, you know, discipline-wise. And, yeah, they sort of were their own worst enemies in the end. And, uh, yeah, look, Melbourne, Melbourne City move up to the second. Controversy in the A-League? Never, James. It's never <laughs> happened before. Well, one of those uh, perfect timing moments, outside 90s, Dom Favada was talking about how Ivan Franich would be a viable option for the Socceroos at right-back. I echoed him, and I think within 30 seconds of me posting that on Twitter, he gave away the penalty. Well, he's got to get past... Future soccer Ryan Grant anyway, if you believe I some of the media. Ryan. What about Jack Hingert? <laughs> oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Hingert get a go as well. Yeah. Franich and Hingert, like the old uh, yeah, Brisbane Raw 13-14 yeah. team. All right, so that's going to do it for our A-League recap. We're going to go on to some of the news that's going on from around the league. Confederations Cup draw, that came out Sunday morning. In Antipostokoglu, I don't know what he's done to annoy the FIFA drawing gods, but... Something's not going well. Australia have been placed in group C, in Group B. I don't know how to have Group C with two. Uh, it would be quite a cheap thing. A Group C. <laughs> yeah, it would probably be like the uh, 2006 Italy team and 2002. No, group, C, uh, group C is just all the countries who never made it. Well, it, it is FIFA. Anything's possible. <laughs> so Group B, alongside World Champions Germany, South American Champions Chile, two teams that we haven't had a lot of luck against no, in the past. Never played them before, in tournaments, at least. And then the 2017 African Cup of Nations winner, To Be Determined. Yes, so that's going to happen in January, February. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we've never played Chile or Germany before, have we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, trying to forget the last time they played Germany in a tournament. Actually, I'm listening to some of the comments, I think Joachim Lowe is planning on bringing an a experimental squad to this tournament because of the burnout of some of his experienced players. So maybe drawing Germany might not have been the worst thing in the world. Having said that, you're playing them first up in the group. Yep. So, yeah, so that's pl- never good because they demolish teams in the first team first time they play in tournaments. So. So, so Australia's fixtures are Germany in Sochi on June 19th, uh, African Cup of Nations TBD, winner in St. Petersburg on June 22nd, before rounding out the group stage in Moscow on June 25th against Chile. So, yeah, it's going to be a rough tournament. <laughs> it's going to be a rough tournament in general. It's always rough, the Confederations Cup, because you've got so many top teams. I mean, 
in yeah. this one tournament. You have to draw somebody good. And I wouldn't be all that surprised if Postacoglu decides to bring a slightly lighter squad himself because, yeah, yeah Adam, look, you're looking uh, like you've got something to say. Oh, no, no, because I, uh, I wrote about this on uh, my, my, sort of my blog on Monday night. And, uh, look, I think the, uh, the sort of pessimism that's sort of in the ranks at the moment, you know, as far as, you know, the draw and all that, like, what, what do people expect? You know, you've got the champions of the six confederations, you know, plus the host Russia, plus, you know, the world champions Germany. What Do they, they expect these draw? Maybe... Look, maybe you know, having New Zealand yeah. in there, you know, maybe if we had drawn them. I think that's what people were expecting. Yeah, but an easy game. That's, that's what we were looking for. Yeah, no, but sort of realistically, in a glorified exhibition tournament, and that's what it is. Look, look, look let's just like, yeah. sort of you know, paint it any other way. You know, should like, should we be playing the best anyway? At least you know, test yourself, knowing that I think it'd be a false dawn if we went to the Confederations Cup and drew, beat Russia, beat New Zealand. No, look, then then what? Well, yeah, it'd be like, good yeah. to beat a team like Russia, but I do think Group A is, if you yeah. look at it, it is on paper the easier group. It mightn't turn mm. out that way, but... Yeah, so just for clarification, Group A is powerhouse of Oceania and New Zealand. Don't be disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hosts Russia, and then the CONCACAF champion Mexico and Portugal. Yeah, so that's not... The Euro winners. Yeah, that's not exactly actually, the easiest group either. That's truth. actually a very even group. Yeah. Yeah, cause at the end of the day, it all uh, pinches, I think, on Cristiano Ronaldo. Does he sh- if he shows up, <laughs> they, they win that group. But, you know, again, it's two very diametrically sort of, you know, groups, I guess, uh, to put it. So, uh, look, I think it's very interesting from a sort of a exhibition-friendly point of view. But I think, you know, no matter what the result is, uh, I really don't think... As long as the performance is there and they're not getting absolutely blown off the map, I think, I think it's... I know we need to move on, James, but just two yeah. quick points. Australia's traditionally done pretty well in the Confederations Cup, beating Brazil and France in the past. And also, we know who they're going to play in the lead-up because they're playing Saudi Arabia and Adelaide. That was announced this week as well as a yes. World Cup qualifier, which is going to basically be the preparation for Confederations Cup as well. What I was going to, to say was I, I kind of feel like this is going to have a few parallels to the Brazil World Cup where it's just about Postacoglu, or you know, hopefully he's still in charge, Postacoglu getting his squad right for the actual World Cup in 12 months' time from that. And the tournament is literally a dry run for a World Cup anyway. That's yeah. what the whole thing is invented for. Now, as you said, we do need to move on, and we will move on quickly to the announcement that the Socceroos are going to be playing in Adelaide. Yes. Anywhere but Brisbane wins again, James. Yeah, it was... I suppose we shouldn't be too surprised, but... No. It, it is disappointing, the fact that Socceroos will now be going on... I think the next chance they'll get to host will be September against Thailand. Thailand. the last World Cup qualifier of this cycle. So that'll be... And if they don't get that, that could go, be going on two years without a game. I think you could be looking at the next World Cup cycle for 2022 when you might be looking because there's going to be very few games between the, the end of this cycle and the next one because you've got the World Cup, the Asian Cup, then you're straight into qualifiers again. For yeah. the mid early twenty twenty two will be the next qualifier. Oh, twenty eighteen, sorry. I was gonna say, unlike previous um, Asian Cups where there's an Asian Cup qualifying yeah. component, we don't have that anymore because obviously the qualifying is it's a dual qualification. So mm. yeah, look, we may not see the Socceroos play in Brisbane if if we don't get this Thailand game, which chances are we may not, because I think Sydney is due another one due to their their um, arrangement with the New South Wales government. Uh, it could be 2020 before we even see them again. They have got the game in March, but I mean, if that Thailand game has got something riding on it, I think FFA are going to say, look, we've got an 80,000 seat stadium, we can fill that, make a lot of money on it. I mean, 
and play it like that Iraq yeah. game four years yeah. prior where it was, you know, we need to win to get in. I think a lot of people are expecting Brisbane to get the Thailand game. We should be getting it. I just don't necessarily believe it's going to happen oh, for a I... number of reasons, including our government not putting in yeah. an acceptable bid I, for it. I did actually see last night, I believe it was, someone from the FFA, I apologise for forgetting the name, I'm seeing Niall, but he was saying, you know, we'd love to go back to Brisbane. We're just trying to make it work. So, who knows? Yeah, so I think uh, you read more to that comment than... Well, it's actually, yeah, the truth on it. Oh, well, I, I'm sure they yeah. would love to go to Brisbane, but they need the incentive to actually get here. And hopefully the next time they do play in Brisbane, the pitch is better than it was for the Asian mm. Cup. All right, so we're going to move on to a couple of awards. Scott, do you yes. want to talk about what's going on with okay, the role players? Okay, so Jamie McLaren is, and Dimitri Patral have been nominated for PFA Awards this week. McLaren is up for the Player of the Year. And Petrados joins McLaren in nomination for the Harry Keel Medal for players under the age of 23. So those awards will be given out next Tuesday, I believe it is, in Melbourne. So, so we'll have something for next week. Yes, yeah, so hopefully they go well. And also an award that has been given out, Nicholas Diagostino has won the NPL Queensland Young Player of the Year for the second straight year. So congratulations to Nick Diagostino. Well done, Nicholas. Mm. Hopefully we'll uh, see him in the yes. first team a few times this year. All right, so we're going to move on to the W League now. And... The Raw continued their battle with the Wanderers on Saturday afternoon at Marconi Stadium. Goals from Claire Polkinghorne and Tamika Butt were enough to give the Raw a bounce-back win after their loss to Canberra last week and into third on the W League table. So, Adam, what did you take away from this game? Uh, what I took away from uh, the, the women's game tweets, twi- Twitter feed was that, look, the, we took the chances when they uh, came. Uh, apparently, Western Sydney did sort of challenge, but we held on, which I think, again, a clean sheet is a good thing, and... Uh, Look, as I say, I think the women are a real shot at being, you know, in amongst as far as finals. I think Melbourne City is still you know, the best women's team in the league by, by a good way. But I think our girls will be there. I think they're going to be there in abouts. And they proved that at the weekend against Melbourne Victory in their derby. But I did see highlights of the Brisbane and West Sydney game on the W League Facebook page. The ball from uh, Emily Gilnick, I think it was, yeah. for that goal was just phenomenal. It looked like a game with an absolute bucket load of chances. It's just the Raw took theirs and West Sydney were incapable of taking theirs. Oh, so the West Sydney W League side has something in common with the men's side. You could say that, James. And I just did. Other than wearing red and black, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so some of the other results from around the league. Canberra 5-2 over Newcastle. City won the Melbourne Derby 3-0. So I think that makes it, what, 7-1 on aggregate? <laughs> Sydney FC beat Adelaide 2-0. They belted them in the Youth League Derby too, but anyway, go on. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Thanks for making me look stupid on it. Well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I thought it was for hitting me after last week. <laughs> anyway, and then Perth Glory played by. Yeah. So another weekend at home for Perth, of course. <laughs> the uh, National Youth League, the Raw had the first of two bye rounds this week, and despite that, they still remain second on the Conference A table, although they're now five points behind Melbourne City with the game in hand. So, good and they perform- play Melbourne City this weekend as well, so that's absolutely crucial that they win that game. If they have any... Designs on qualifying for the grand final. They can't. They can't go further behind Melbourne City here. I thought there was a whole lot of positives come from the youth league side this weekend. Yeah. You know, no injuries, nothing major to come about it. And I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding, James. So some of the other results: City one 0 over Perth. Victory went down to Adelaide four one. This weekend we've got the W League and National Youth League fixtures out at Redcliffe. So, it, and they're both playing Melbourne City. The Youth League is Saturday, is that correct, yes, Scott? Yes, Youth League is Saturday at 2 o'clock, and I think the W League is Sunday at 4 o'clock. Because having them back-to-back would be just too easy. Yeah, they didn't really yeah. stick that through, did they? I know, and especially because they're playing the same team, so it's not like you've got two teams flying in from different points. Just send the W League and the Youth League on the same flight. We'll get to the A League as well. They're playing Melbourne City as well. It's just, just in Melbourne. Yeah. Anyway, 
So uh, that's going to do it for segment two. I think we're going to move on with uh, segment three and debut our mailbag after this. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review podcast, coming to you from the Switch 1197 studios as a part of the Outside 90 Fan Network. So, after much build-up and hype in my mind, we have the first edition of our mailbag, a concept unique to our show that has never been used in radio or podcasting. And we're copywriting it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've never heard this, guys, have you? No, it's a great new idea. Yes? (laughs) It's a great idea, Adam, you came up with in your head. (laughs) Mine mine is, isn't it? Oh, good. They're not throwing me under the bus for once. <laughs> All right, so our first question comes from Stephen via email who asks whether or not we think Jamie McLaren will wind up staying or going. So before we get into this, a bit of background. The story really kicked off just after we wrapped recording last week, just for our luck. Uh, representative of the striker bringing contract negotiations into the media and suggesting that the Raw's offer is insulting. So the response from Aloisi was somewhat ruthless, telling the striker that if money is the number one priority, he may need to head elsewhere to get it. So let's get back to Stephen's questions. Do we see McLaren going in either January or at the end of the season? And if so, which Melbourne club will pick up his signature? (laughs) (laughs) He's from Melbourne, so you never know. But in January, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think this side is set up to function with Jamie McLaren in that role. And if he goes, I think it's a massive loss for Brisbane Raw. At the end of the season, I mean, who knows? You never know what kind of overseas interest he's going to get. I mean, it could be a good offer in Europe, a big offer in Asia... And if an A-League club does offer him marquee money, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. But I really hope he stays because he's been fantastic for Brisbane Raw and this side is built for him to flourish. I do worry if he goes in January because I think we saw earlier this year what happens to the team when he's not in there. Absolutely. And, you know, it, this is a team built for him playing up the top of the formation. And He went away with the under-23s in January and the results dipped. Terribly in that couple of weeks. I thought that was just because I moved out of Brisbane for a little while. Possibly, but Adam. Uh, look, I I honestly think he's a, he may be just he may have gone in January. I, I think at the end of the day, it, it all look it all depends on where they really get as far as negotiations. Where where as far as you know, if there's any real truth to you know the money that's been thrown around and so the interest is there. But I think you know the, the club also may be also thinking you know what he may be worth you know. A bit of money, you know. Would, would they try and shop shop him a little bit? You know, especially if a if a big you know money bags Chinese club comes running coming along and offer him probably money that's probably over what he's really worth. But uh, look, it's it's a really interesting situation. I I personally find it, you know really sort of you know uh, I wouldn't say I'm trying to find the right words to describe. You know, it's it's really uncomfortable sort of hearing a young player's future being played out you know, in the media in such a way. And I think, and I, I think, you know, Pay Dominguez, his agent, has yeah. a lot to answer for. And I know Mark so Rudin on the um, match I sat, I really sort of put the nails to him you know, about that. And I, look, I agree with Mark Rudin. I think it's it's a horrible way for this little player. And, you know, like, I, I, I think he's gone. I think one way or another, I don't think he'll he'll be here, you know, come... 
October yeah, next year. Yeah. But, it's uh, a circus, James. I mean, the yeah. stuff that we've seen in the media the last week from the agent. There was also another radio show on Monday which went around brandishing figures that is all no, he's all been rejected and all this other stuff. It's an absolute shambles what's going on. And I think these negotiations should be held in private, not in the public domain. Yeah. To be honest I, with you, it's been a- I, I do like seeing the teams that say, you know, we're not going to negotiate through the media. So the agent then goes to the media and they say, all right, well, your stuff, get out. But the Raw do have a problem here because they can't offer him a marquee contract to match, say, the West Sydney offer, which is supposed to be on the way, if you believe, certain media outlets. But uh. because you've got Brett Holman, sorry, who's being promoted to a marquee deal next year, so is Tommy, Tommy Orr. So unless one of those two moves on, or you can find a way to bring their offer back into the salary cap, you've got to fit McLaren into your salary cap. And you've also got to squeeze Thomas Broich in if he stays, Matt Mackay if he stays. It's not going to be a simple... Just keeping the squad together. It's going to be very difficult, And for me, the big wild card in all of this is China, because we're hearing all these stories about how these cashed-up Chinese clubs are going to come in and try and raid Australia, because they see it as, you know, a veritable smorgasbord of talent that they can come in and use to prop up their league. And it's not just going to be with McLaren where this is an issue. Petratus is out of contract at the end of the year. So is um, Luke Devere. And Tommy Orr will have 18 months on his deal to go in January, so maybe he will look to go as well. I mean, they're going to face this issue a lot in the next 12 months, Brisbane Roar, and it'll be very for... difficult to see them keeping all these players as much as we hope they do because they're very important. Just to correct me if I'm wrong, I thought I read something from the PFA saying that apparently there's 150 A-League players out of contract at the end of the season. It like, surprise me. It is going to be a bull market as far as you know, free agency. You know, and whatnot. Like a lot of these sides that we're seeing, these squads are seeing, they're going to be almost unrecognisable next season unless some of these clubs start signing at a frenetic pace. Like it wouldn't surprise me players. if a few of them have been re-signed and those yeah. haven't been announced yet. But I think the market opens on the 1st of December. I know yeah. it's six months. From the end of your contract, mm. you can negotiate. It depends if they end in May or June, but and we're coming to that yeah. point where negotiations can begin publicly with other clubs. And and this is... A, yeah, well, we saw that happen with Barisha a few years ago, but this is something that... A little bit of 2 plus 2 equals 5 logic for me. New TV deal kicks in next year, doesn't it? So I'm wondering how many of these contracts were set to end at that... You know, at the end of this year for the potential raised salary cap. Well, they've got to wait for the new CBA deal to kick in whenever they redo that before the salary cap goes up. But if there's more money coming in from the TV, or is it a set amount that they get put aside? I think it's a set amount, but they've got to have, they'll probably have some negotiations in the next few years with the PFA. And no doubt the PFA will be saying, well, we want an increased salary cap. And that'll be when you'd want to have salary cap space. But with but, the victory with the Borussia thing, I thought that was a disgrace too. Well, yeah, That's that, revisionist history, but that, they forced mm. Brisbane's hand there to announce that when they weren't ready to announce it. And I think that's... And also uh, Barisha getting sent off, I think it was like two or three times in the next <laughs> month after he uh, announced that he was Nothing moving. like trying to unsettle the, the title rival, which Brisbane and Victory were at the time. Yeah, it, you know, and it's only the Victory would ever do that. Barcelona would never do that to anybody. <laughs> I'm going right for the top there. <laughs> All right, so thanks for that question, Stephen. We're going to move on to the next one from Neil, who made what I thought was a very interesting observation about the team's conditioning doesn't look like it's been up to previous standards from the past couple of years. I do kind of agree with him, but it does raise the debate topic of whether or not the team needs to be firing on all cylinders yet. Scott, what did you Well, take I away know from they've this? changed their um, fitness staff over the last 12 to 18 months when Aloisi came in. But I've, it's a really interesting question. Is it fitness or is it the style of play that's resulting in this? And the other thing is, are they holding something back for a busy second half of the year with Asian Champions League in mind? That's something else you have to consider at the moment as well. 
I was going to say, it's probably, yeah, I was thinking sort of agree with you on the latter, though. I think it's a lot, I think the way uh, teams prepare these days, their fitness regimes and whatnot, I think it's changed, you know, the advent of the FFA Cup. Now, it, obviously, you know, we, we used to see in the past, you know, cl- you know clubs in pre-season playing 12, 13, 14, you know, right, pre-season. Sure. Yeah, they're, they're, which I think I think we as fans actually miss a bit. But I think I think also as well with the Champions League campaign as well, be it one, maybe two games, you know, group stage, who knows? I think that maybe the way the, the fitness regime is run, I think it may be time to peak, you know, maybe in the back end of, of this season, you know, into the so the next sort of calendar years. So it's but without so it's it's an interesting one, I think, yeah. That's always been the way trying to peak in May, but I do think to Adam's point, the pre season has changed dramatically. Mm. You think when Ange Postacoglu was here, they were playing like, 12 preseason games locally, like the local grounds, plus the A-League opposition they had to play. I mean, it's 15, 16 games in preseason. They played pretty much every week for four months in preseason to add in, and that's completely changed now. Of course, you've got FFA Cup in there as well, and Champions League as well. I mean, it's yeah, a I different think... way of doing things. And for me, there's nothing wrong with the team trying to round themselves into fitness because, you know, in a European league where it's first past the post or whatever... You know, you can afford to get off to a strong start, peter off a little bit and, you know, to sort of glide home. But with the way the A-League set up, with the champions being the winners of the grand final, you do want to be playing your best football come the end of the season. And just quickly, I'll let Adam speak. Um, to your point about Sydney FC, when the Raw game two weeks ago, the Raw ran over them in the second half, particularly late in that half as well. So I do think fitness might not be the biggest issue at the moment. Yeah. Well, I have noticed a couple of players like... Um, I know it's probably because he's getting old, but Thomas Broich always seems to be running out of steam after an hour or so. And it, well, it could just be because he's getting old and he's been beaten up by A-League defenders for six years now. I think, yeah. I think, yeah, Thomas Broich, I think... I, don't, I just don't think we can... We should expect him at his age now and what he's done to actually get a strong, fighting full 90 minutes now plus. I think it's... I think, you know, he, I think he at uh, 35, is he these days? 36 or... Mid thirties, mid thirties. I'm sure. We'll go with that. Sure, people. Few people remind me, but uh, yeah, look, he's he's getting on age, and you know, I think it's hard to expect him to be at the peak of his powers for a full ninety minutes. So I think with him, we're just going to be happy with what we get out of him, and what he's producing at times is still quality. He's also the most foul player in A League history, so I think it's no surprise he's been worn down just a little bit yeah. as time's gone on. All right, so we've got two more questions to go. We're going to go back to Stephen for the next one, who asked about the venue of the ACL qualifier and. And we can actually provide some sort of concrete answer based on what came out yesterday. We were talking about it yeah. in a little Facebook group chat. Well, if the if news is to be believed, the Raw have been dropped down into the... The preliminary rounds. Preliminary round at school, which means they play the week before now against, I believe, Myanmar side Yana Brandon, I think it is. And that's a home game on the 31st of January, which I believe lines up perfectly with Suncorp Stadium. No fixture, so they'll have a home fixture there, but... The game Stephen's referring to the week after February 7th is now likely to be overseas in China. Against, because of we were saying Shanghai. Shanghai, yeah, Shenhua, Shen- I believe. Yeah, Shanghai, Shenhua, So Yeah, I believe it's going to be then. So that alleviates all the problems the Royal were having finding a venue, if this is to be believed. Because yeah. the rankings have changed in the AFC. So it's still, to be clarified up. a little bit, yeah. but it sounds like basically... It's been the Raw have to play an extra game to get into the group stage, but the trade-off is that game can now be at Suncorp Stadium. It's a blessing and a curse in a few ways. Yeah, I don't know if it, it'd be interesting to know. I think I, you know, in the in the lead up to the, obviously the draws on uh, the twelfth of December, but interesting to know whether we we think that it's because of the AFC rankings um, 
the allocations now have actually dropped uh, Australia into fourth in the eastern zone, which means that our spots have been reduced to two group stages and one preliminary round, which uh, which with China now actually getting, who used to actually have one team in that preliminary round, are now up into the playoffs. So we swap with China basically is what's happened, isn't it? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. And so. are these determined by national teams or club performances? It's club, it's club, I think yeah. it, once upon a time it used to be national teams plus uh, as a percentage, but now I think it's all club, which, which we've actually seen now Hong Kong. Yeah, and we're talking about it in some previous weeks and now actually have a direct berth into the um, into the group stage. So so basically we can blame every Australian side that hasn't taken the Champions League seriously. I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you Melbourne Victory. Well, you can. <laughs> also with the Hong Kong thing, that's now been res- resolved. Eastern, who were dropping out last week, are back in and Kitschi is in the, in the preliminary round, which the Roar are also in. So that's basically back to where it should have been in the first place. So pretty, pretty much the Brisbane Roar, for those keen-eyed that have actually been watching the, sort of the AFC Champions League sort of in the last couple of weeks, who have gone from being in the group stage <laughs> to now actually being in what well, is the round is round two. So we're two, we've gone from group stage to now we're two games away. So And it's going to be tough. I think uh, very tough now to, for us to, to knock over Shanghai Shenhua in, in Shanghai. I think it's going to be Mission possible, and there might, might even be a case of you know why almost a why bother sort of approach. So, well, we thought that yeah. about Urawa last time we were in it. We picked up a win there, but this is yes. with Demba Bar, Freddie Guarin, the former Inter midfielder, and I believe that is hired Gus Poyet to be their manager. So this is a team with a big budget, but they and will some be top in quality players early in preseason, football. won't they? They will be. So that February seventh, be... that's probably the best factor for the Raw. That They're might be the X factor, I think, is that they're going to be an early pre-season. And look, I think that's for Australian sides in general in the Champions. That's where we need to strike is early. Because was it Adelaide who played a Chinese team last year in the qualifiers? Oh uh, yeah, Shandong and, Luang. And Shandong mean. overran them anyway, so yeah. it may not be as big a factor as we think. Well, just a quick touch on that uh, fixture list. So Saturday the 28th of January, they've got home against Western Sydney. Yep. They'll have the midweek qualifier, hypothetically. Yep. Then after that, they've got Another Sydney side, Friday the 3rd of February against Sydney FC. So Maroon Friday this that time. That might be moved to a Saturday as well, depending on the date of the Champions League game. Because oh, yeah. you might want to have a bit more... Bra- Actually, that'll depend on ground the FFA as well. And I suppose ground availability, because yeah, if the Rugby 10s are taking it over on Saturday the 4th, they might just say, no. Nope. The, good, the good news is that NRL is actually there in Auckland for the 9s that yeah. weekend. So I think... So at least NRL won't be an issue, but... Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen the Super Rugby draw, which is also their tenants' league. I dare say it would start after the tenants' yeah. tournament. But they also, after the Shanghai game, which draw would be it down in Melbourne that. for the play of the city on Saturday night, I believe. Mm. So. I actually wouldn't mind going down to that game, but now I'm a little bit hesitant because it's going to be... Like, we could wind up seeing a few of the guys like Dagasino playing in that one, and I'll have to wait and see what happens. I think the group stage, does it start straight after that as well? Yeah, I think early February. So that could be late February. I think that could be a really hectic month. I know there's, I know there's back-to-back uh, group uh, group stage games. Uh, I think at the end of uh, February and March. Because so. I know it over overlaps with the UEFA Champions League as well, like their uh, yeah. round of sixteen knockout games. Okay. So I just remember having the roar on the Wednesday night, and then Arsenal Thursday morning, and a very sleepy Thursday night afterwards. Well, hopefully, if the roar gets through against Shanghai, they have a free week in between to freshen up. Because if it goes Midweek, three weeks in a row, they're going to be exhausted. Now, we've got a late question coming in from Adam about the news that's come out today. What's your question, Adam? <laughs> hey, 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 what's me? <laughs> I answer and I Sorry, it had to happen. <laughs> First time someone had to happen. Yeah, so he was asking for an update about what's going on with the Brisbane strikers reportedly being the... The, who? the, the other Brisbane side. I'm not aware of another Brisbane side, but go ahead. Uh, potentially being the now leading candidate for A-League expansion. 
So what's happened with that? Okay, so Brisbane Strikers announced their intention to bid for a license a couple of weeks ago now with Miriam Blyberg as their, the front of the bid. And in the last week and a half, the Western Pride have also said, well, we'd like to have a bid as well out in that Western Corridor area. And the two are seemingly merging together at the moment. I'm not sure how that's going to work because the Strikers are either playing at Perry Park or at Suncorp or wherever they work it out. They keep changing their mind every Too five. Every five minutes they change their mind. And you're talking about Ipswich or Springfield, the Western Corridor. I think it's an interesting mix. I think it can work, but the strikers are going to have to actually up base and go out there to make it work. Because there's definitely a supporter base out there. If you take, from you said, Tawong out through Logan, potentially out Ipswich, Toowoomba as well, there's a huge base of people there. They can make it work, but they've got to get it right between the two of them. I'm just thinking that they realistically, you know, find a space to build the stadium, let's just say Springfield, and then they have... You know, a game or two in Ipswich, one in Toowoomba, one in Logan. That's, you know, a good way to try and conquer a specific region. It's a far region. better idea than just the Brisbane Strikers coming in and playing at Suncorp Stadium with a couple thousand people, to be honest. It's yes. more likely to get some long-term support than that. The West Brisbane Strikers pride. Sounds good. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, look, and look, as well, uh, it might be it might be a bit of a power play from um, Ipswich Mayor Paul Pasali as well. Like they've they've been for years, you know, been clamouring for a new stadium. So maybe using the A League, you know, sort of expansion hysteria at the moment, he may be able to get a stadium in a new stadium in Springfield or an expansion North uh, Ipswich Reserve. So it's at the moment. Look, I, I I'm very outspoken as far as what if I think about you know Brisbane Strikers alone, I don't think it'll work because simply. It, it will destroy the market. The market won't yeah, they'll cannibalise the market. But look, I actually think that you know, if the, this whole plan of merging or you know having a cooperation with Western Pride, I think that area sorely needs a national representation. Something I think, um, I think that it could work. I think we may have to put up with a year or two of that new that second team playing at Suncorp while that new stadium is built. But I think as long as identity of that is the Western Corridor. I, th- I think it can work. And I'd rather, I'd rather see, to be honest, uh, a second A-League team here in, in sort of the Brisbane area than, you know, down Tasmania or you know, another team in Melbourne or Sydney. So uh, I'm all for it. I think it'll end up happening because I think it's a market of the league they want two teams in. But two quick points. With um, the Ipswich area, they, they might want an NRL team more based on the demographics. So it may not work that way. But it could work in conjunction. And also you've got They'll probably play the, most of their games out that way, but their bigger games, maybe against Sydney FC or West Sydney and the Derbies, they'll probably play those at Suncorp as well for maximising the crowd. But I think it's a definite possibility of working. It's far better than what the two bids would have been separate. Yeah, I think it's actually a pretty sane idea, which from Miron, you know, good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> he has one every five years, roughly. All right, so thank you to everyone that participated in our debut mailbag effort. I think that actually went quite well. Adam, what did you want to say about that? Uh, Yeah, so if you enjoyed that and you want uh, to, say, send a statement or send a question or tell us how wrong we are about something or how right we are. um, I'm never wrong. (laughs) And we're never right, so it's good. Yeah, that's true, yeah. But anyway, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, go to the, uh, the Raw Review Facebook page and press the send email button that we've set up or you can get us on the mailbag um, in the traditional way at brisbanerawreview at gmail.com yep. yep that's good and we'll answer all the good questions that's that you right. send us <laughs> and you're not going to do anything with the bad ones well I was going to let you decide what to do with them but well we might answer them too if we're short <laughs> of content but yes please send in any questions because we love hearing feedback and I love hearing how awesome I am yes, and thank <laughs> you for the questions from everyone as well yes yeah. thank you everyone and we'll take a quick break and come back with our Melbourne City preview this is Brisbane Football Review
You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back to the final segment of the Brisbane Football Review podcast here from the Switch 1197 studios and in conjunction with Outside 90. Before we talk about this weekend's game, Scott, can you outline how people can get in touch with us? Okay, so first you can listen on Switch 1197. I mean, Adam mentioned before the break about our Facebook account at facebook.com slash Brisbane Football Review. You can get in contact with us there. We're on Twitter at Raw Review and you can listen to the podcast on Audio Boom and iTunes, along with, you can send emails as well for the mailbag at brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Yep. And you're at home games for fan camps as well. It's on yes. Northern Plaza. I'm the uncomfortable guy next to the Wally Lewis statue with the microphone. And as I said last week, we're the even more uncomfortable duo behind the camera out the way. <laughs> <laughs> Trying not to put me off when I'm doing my piece to camera. <laughs> All right, so this weekend, the Roar travelling down to Melbourne to face the, a city side that are about to kick off in the FFA Cup final in about, what is it, half about an hour? half hour, roughly. So by the time you're listening to this, you'll know the result and whatever we predict for yeah. it is going to look a little bit silly. <laughs> All-time against the City Heart franchise. Played 19, won 8, lost 8, drawn 3. At Amy Park, oh, this is, this is rough reading. Played 8, won 1, drawn 1, lost 6. And that's just against Melbourne City slash Heart as well. We've actually only won two games there because there's one against City and one against Victory. That's right. They also I remember the two games because the 3-0 the victory you're talking about and also the Melbourne City one was the first time we ever went there against City. They won two goals to one coming back late. That's right. It's a it long time ago under Ange Postecoglou. Franjic missed a penalty from Melbourne? Yes, memory? and Costa Barbarossa scored. Oh, I remember. Was, I, I've been to one of those, those losses and that was a bad night. That. You were there <laughs> for a rather disappointing draw too. Yeah. Different Melbourne team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, with the game in mind, Melbourne City are playing in the FFA Cup final and they've got to play this game on essentially 48 hours rest. Mm. Do you feel like this is something the Raw could try and jump on? They should be trying to jump on it as well. I mean, City had a rotated squad at the weekend. They didn't play Tim Cale, for example. I don't know what the team use is for this game tonight. I'm assuming it's full strength given it's a cup final. So yeah. there's a good chance that Melbourne City will be having some fatigue, particularly if they don't happen to win tonight. They'll have they that emotional letdown. Yeah. Just, the, just checking. Sorry, just checking on uh, Facebook that uh, yeah, the Melbourne City look like a full strength. So, so you could so see that a few could rotations out in the Brisbane Raw shocking road form in Melbourne in particular. Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Raw try and go at them early. Maybe if they're a little bit heavy legged, the players that are backing up. It's an interesting one because when the city came up here, was it four weeks ago now? The Raw that was the start of this defensive minded football from Aloisi. So, it'd be very interesting to see how he chooses to play this because you could do. Could see him go either way. You could see him set up defensively and be happy to take something back to Brisbane, or he could... I would like to see him go for it, because I think they've got the weaponry to really hurt Melbourne City. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that defensive structure for City can be a bit vulnerable from yeah. time to time. I think so. I, I, I actually agree. I think with, um, especially with the short turnaround for City, I think go hard at them early, stretch them out, run, run at them. I think, you know, and, and then if it doesn't work after half an hour, then maybe, maybe start thinking about, you know, 
you know, sort of, you know, containing it. You know, maybe, maybe a point may be good enough against, you know, the team that's running second on the ladder at the moment. But I really think the first half an hour, they, we need to go after it and sort of really go after them you know, more than anything. This is the battle for second of the weekend. One of these two sides will be in second. Yeah. I, this time next week. For me, I kind of feel like this is where the Raw have to stop the draws coming. They just need to... This is where they need to show what sort of a team they are. And I honestly think they are a championship quality team when they want to be. Well, or not when they want to be. to be. Well, like, on their day, they are a championship quality team. And they, this is a game where they've got a potentially vulnerable opponent and they can step up and really take advantage of that. And they've really got to turn this road form thing around as well because you can't guarantee home finals every year. At some point, you're going to have to go on the road and win a big game and... Yeah. Getting into the form of winning away from home now would be a good start because we haven't won many games on the road under Lewis. I think it's four and two were in Gosford, so. Yeah, look, I think that's it is all about you know the, the you know being a champion contender. Look, any any team you know can back themselves winning at home, and you would hope that's a you know that's a bare minimum. But you've got to win these big games on the road, and this this is a crucial game. I know we're only one third of the way of the season, but we can really set a marker down if we can you know finally sort of break that that sort of away run, actually get a big win against a top team. Don't underestimate John Alwis's desire to win this game as well, given what happened when he left, and it was his first trip back there. He thought he had the we were in front in the game, and then Hinger got sent off, and it went pear shaped, but. Mm. I'm sure he'll want to desperately win a game down there and prove some doubt as he has down there wrong. And speaking of motivation, like the last few times the Royal have played City, it's been fairly fiery clashes. So are you expecting any of that sort of lingering hostility to carry over? You're expecting some Bratton and Corey Brown fireworks again, are you, James? I just want to see someone pull his hair again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, look, I hope so. No, 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 again, that's you no know, going going in there for the Raw to go in there show. You know, showing they're not afraid of you know of you know, of City, who are you know the self-proclaimed you know richest club in the league. You now to go in there and show no respect and you know no sort of backing for it. I think that again, you know, psychologically, it would be you know a, a big sort of point. And psychologically, this game could be very interesting because it's Brisbane's first trip back to Amy Park since they had a premiership on the line there, mm. as well. So they've, a good start would be really important for them. So, quick lineup predictions. Do you think Thomas Christensen will be back? Yes. Yeah, I think he'll be back. And rotation on the wings. Would you keep it going or maybe give Irana another chance? I think there'll be some form of rotation, but I think it'll be Tommy Orr in on the left instead of Broich. But yeah, just seems to be the way Aloisi is rotating that attacking midfield trio. It seems Holman and McLaren, when fit, are in, and the other two seems to be a bit of rotation there. So I wouldn't be surprised if that continues once again. I would, I would actually hope that Aloisi sort of, again, you know, sort of goes with the, the speedier sort of wingers. Yeah. You know, given, given the way City play that, that augmented four at the back, which really is a 2-2. Two, two, yeah, it's you, like a three and a... Yeah, like Kilkenny plays in front of, but with... with um, in front with yeah. the ball and back when he, they don't have it. Yeah, so I think if you're going to you really expose that, you know, I think attack along the wings you with know, your quickest players might be the way to go. And if we're going to play on the counter-attack as well, you want pace, so you want Tommy Orr on the left instead of, say, Thomas Broich. Yeah, I think, I think we've established Thomas Broich isn't the fastest player in the team. From Melbourne City's perspective, because I'm sure the Talking City boys will be listening to us. Sure, they will be. Hello, guys. And uh, who are you worried about from a City perspective? I mean, it's kind of hard to judge because we don't know who's going to wind up backing up. Well, four weeks ago when we were talking about this game, we said if you focus on Fornaroli, Kale will get you, or Brandan will get you, or Kamau, or Bratton. And I think it's the same case again. The Raw need to be as defensively solid as they were at Suncorp a month ago against them. Corey Brown had his best game. It was the start of his really good run of form. Hingit needs to keep quite, uh, come out. Oh, Brandan quiet on that side, and I think you've just got to keep them all individually quiet because 
There's so, not one of them that's going to hurt you. It's going to be... They all could do it at any given time. It's you're just worried about the whole team. I think it's a case of do what we did you know, up here yeah. and, and, and it will sort of... Hopefully it'll come together and you know, a bit of luck yeah. you know, and whatnot. And yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I don't think it's only one player. So obviously Fawn Roll is the obvious yeah. choice. But the problem is, you shut him down, there's a good chance that you know, someone else is going to hurt. If you put two so. players around him, then someone else is going to be yeah. free. So I think but just do what we did. the blueprint is there, to Adam's point, a month ago. Yep. So some of the other fixtures coming up this weekend. We've got Melbourne victory against Perth Glory on Friday night. Saturday, Central Coast and Western Sydney in the early fixture before the raw Melbourne City. And then a Sunday doubleheader, Newcastle against Sydney FC and Adelaide and Wellington. Boy, how annoyed do you think City are that they've got two days and S- Sydney have got four coming off tonight's FFA Cup final? I'm sure that they'd be. Uh, I'm sure they won't have any issues. I guess they're uh, at home for three games. Yeah. I mean, come on. All right, so we're going to go into predictions now. Just to wrap up, we're going to start off with the FFA Cup final. The I think it's got fourteen and a half million dollars of talent on the pitch tonight, or the price of your average Premier League bench warmer. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saving that one up all day. I'm glad I got a good reaction. Nice. <laughs> um, so, what are your predictions for the FFA Cup final tonight? I think Sydney one 0 I'll say City two one. I'm going to say City in penalties, and everyone in Sydney is going to say we need to scrap the penalty. Can Cahill miss a penalty in that instance, please? Yeah, we'll call it like a 2-1, couple of saves. <laughs> All right, so predictions from around the A-League. What are you looking for? Uh, it's an interesting round of fixtures. I'm looking at Saturday, actually, Central Coast and Western Sydney. I'm looking to see if the Mariners can continue that strong form of last week. Also, Western Sydney desperately need a win. So that game could be really, really entertaining. I'm going for a sort of more obscure one. Um, I think the game on Sunday at Cooper's uh, between between uh, Adelaide and Wellington. I think it's it's D Day for both these clubs, and I think you know, desperation brings out funny things, especially one third season. And Adelaide's run needs to start here. If they've got any desire of uh, defeating that championship or even getting close to it, it has to start here. So I think they'll come out well, and I think it, it might be surprisingly you know, a very good game. I think also like Wellington are a decent attacking side, so. And to Adam's point, this was the round last year where Adelaide did start that run with a nondescript win at home against Perth. So it could, hmm. this could be the start for them again. History repeats itself. I'm going to go for Friday night. Can Perth Glory bounce back after a fairly abject performance against the Mariners on last Thursday? Sorry. Yeah, that's my prediction yeah, from around the league. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go as ballsy as last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our final predictions. Brisbane Raw, what's your pick for the score? Oh, I'm going with a fourth straight draw, I think. I'll say one all again. Oh, You'll be asking the same question again. Two points gained or one... Well, at least again. it means... Well, I think I'm doing the run sheet for next week, so at least it means I can just <laughs> yeah. copy and paste. <laughs> I think two all draw. I think, yeah, well, I think a point gained in Melbourne, I think, will be a good thing. I'm going to go one nil raw. I think City are going to come out a little bit flat and the Raw are going to get an early goal and just be able to hold on. I hope you're right. Just... Well, we, we're talking about history repeating itself, so <laughs> that'll pretty much be what happened at Suncorp a month ago. A rare win in Melbourne. I'm a little bit surprised that these two teams are going to be playing each other, you know, a month again, but we can get into that on next week's show. Yeah. Guys, thanks for your time. James, no see thanks you again. Guys. Yep, and we'll be back again on the Brisbane Football Review. Enjoy the football this weekend. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. 
set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.